Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Stephanie. Boston has been beautiful lately. Temperatures on Sunday are expected to reach a high of 79 degrees Fahrenheit, with the rest of the week looking warm and mostly cloudy. High temperatures will remain in the high 70s before dipping down to 69 degrees Fahrenheit towards the end of the week. There is also a 60% chance of rain expected this Wednesday. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On September 25th, three members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. One of them was a student and two were employees. On average, BU's lab took 21.4 hours to process each test. Processing times fell by 5.3 hours compared to the day prior. In total, 118 members of the BU community have tested positive this fall. The number of students in isolation decreased back to the same numbers reported earlier this week after three more students entered isolation since Tuesday. This brings the grand total of students in isolation to 12, and 78 have recovered from the disease this fall. Joining us now is Hannah Barron with a local protest in response to the Kentucky Attorney General's recent decision regarding Breonna Taylor. Friday night marked the start of a series of rallies and protests in Boston responding to a grand jury's decision not to charge any officers in the shooting of Breonna Taylor with her homicide. Hundreds of protesters called for justice for Taylor, a black medical worker who was shot and killed in her home by police officers during a raid in Louisville, Kentucky five months ago, as they marched from Nubian Square, taking Malcolm X Boulevard past the Boston police headquarters and arriving near City Hall. Many protested out of outrage at what they perceived to be the failures of our justice system, while others, particularly black women, were motivated by the fear that something similar could happen to them or their loved ones. The crowd also called for systematic reforms, such as the abolishment of police, as a necessary step in bringing justice to Taylor and her family. The protest remained peaceful despite a heavy police presence, though some expressed their fear and frustration by yelling directly at officers. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Hannah Barron for WTBU News. And now we'll head over to Diane Huang Po for a story on President Trump nominating a new justice to the Supreme Court. President Trump on Saturday officially nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to fill the Supreme Court seat left open by the passing of the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Trump's pick was leaked on Friday 24 hours before his announcement on Saturday at 5 p.m. And aides to the White House stated that Trump did not interview another candidate this week. The nomination of Barrett, who is a favorite of conservatives and a strong advocate of the anti-abortion movement, will kick off an unprecedented scramble by Senate Republicans to confirm her for the court in the 38 days before the election on November 3rd. Should Barrett be confirmed, she would be the sitting justice with the least courtroom experience. Barrett was also previously a finalist for the Supreme Court seat in 2018, which was ultimately given to Brett Kavanaugh. Trump's choice for the Supreme Court seat and the potential ramifications of a right-leaning Supreme Court has yielded outrage from prominent Democrats and is expected to further antagonize relationships between the two political parties. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Diane Huang-Po for WTBU News. Next, I'll be sharing a story about a coronavirus study being conducted at the University of Maryland. The University of Maryland is analyzing airborne liquid particles in a new study with participants who have been infected with coronavirus. Participants sit in front of a cone that is connected to a machine referred to as Gesundheit 2. 
They either sing, sit quietly, or cough into the machine as it collects all of the particles escaping from their noses and mouths. The study is being conducted to trace how COVID-19 is transmitted. Two weeks ago, the CDC published an update about coronavirus being transmitted through aerosols to its website. This update suggested that the virus could linger in the air and travel for long distances. The CDC later deleted the change, but there is still widespread concern about spreading COVID-19 through droplets. A number of spreads seem to prove that COVID-19 can move far. For instance, 52 people were infected and two people died after a man who had COVID-19 attended choir practice in Washington state, even though they were seated across the room. For now, the same social distancing and mask wearing guidelines remain. Finally, an update from Natalia Shilatry about India's vaccine production progress. On Saturday, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi pledged to the United Nations General Assembly that India's vaccine production capacity would be made available on a global scale to help fight COVID-19. In his pre-recorded speech, Modi said India's vaccine production will not only help the global community, but it will also assist in enhancing the cold chain and storage capacities for the delivery of the vaccines. India is currently on its way of progressing to phase three of COVID-19 clinical trials. According to Channel News Asia, these trials are considered a gold standard for determining safety and efficacy. Modi also questioned whether or not the role of the United Nations in the COVID-19 pandemic has been effective. India currently has a record 5.8 million cases of COVID-19 coming second to the United States. In Singapore, I'm Tali Shlotri for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTVU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on WTVU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Hannah Yoshinaga, and Alex Corey, I'm Stephanie Joseph reporting from Boston, Massachusetts for WTVU News.